I'm Angelina Barrios. I am a Roseville Independent student, and I chose to do my project on our law enforcement community. I chose to do my project on the law enforcement community because someday I would like to become a part of that community. I believed when I chose to do this topic, it would be good for me to get some information about law enforcement, and it would be a good topic for a project. What I learned is that correctional officers and police officers have different jobs that they have to perform. Correctional officers are a voice of authority while also ensuring the safety and welfare of their prisoners. Police officers are more like enforcers of the law who can make arrests. I am here at the Placer County Jail with Tom Turner, a correctional officer, and Jay Barrios, a former police officer, and I'm here asking them questions about their job. So, Tom, Jay, um, what is your description of your job? Well, I'll go first. Um, Basically, it's uh, the care and custody of inmates. we talk a lot about in corrections the uh, safety and security of the facility and then those that are housed inside of it so basically that includes uh, doing uh, safety checks on inmates to make sure that they're safe uh, make sure that they have uh, food water and medical care that's the job uh formerly uh i was a patrol officer and uh i was given a certain uh jurisdiction or a certain area to patrol. I was responsible for a certain area and essentially we're the presence uh, of law and order essentially and uh, we responded to emergencies uh, anything from medical uh, to criminal. Okay Um, the next question is what does your training look like for police officers correctional officers? So for custody um, this it includes um, the tools that are on the belt, and that includes anywhere from uh, weaponless defense to impact weapons, using your baton, uh, using your pepper spray, using your taser. Uh, but the training also includes uh, CPR for inmates. Uh, also, um, they have it's required now um, uh, PREA Prison Rape Elimination Act about uh, interaction with inmates, but also inmate to inmate interaction. It also includes uh, verbal judo on how to communicate with inmates. There's also um, classes with medical. We do uh, tactical medication where um, you're taught about you know mental uh, mental state of inmates. Uh, also how to apply you know uh, first aid, general first aid to inmates. But the training is just various. If there's hours to land, then there's, they can always fit in different types of training. Uh, training for me was uh, training was uh, more paramilitary in in essence and uh, it w- they would try to mirror what an experience what I perceived was an experience in the military um, like mr. Turner we we uh, used you know we, we used impact weapons and stuff like that so we would have to stay current in our training and learn about our weapons uh, Ideally, you know, someone should be should should be comfortable with their weapon to a point where it is 
uh, an extension of their self. Um, for instance, impact weapons uh, was an extension of the arm. Uh, other things were how we speak to people, the way, uh, essentially verbal judo, how we carry ourselves, and uh, how to act professional, ethics. Um, that, was, that was a big thing. And you guys said that you guys train in weapons. And so what kind of weapons do you train on? And, <clears throat> and what like advancements do you make on that? Uh, for corrections work, um, our first weapon is probably our mouth uh, being able to be able to communicate to somebody so if you know how to, how to communicate to people um, that's going to be your uh, biggest friend uh, if you don't uh, then you're going to have to resort to the weapons um, first is going to be your hands uh, and uh, LD20 talks about you know the different you know if someone's being passive you know you just use your verbal commands if they're being passive resistive verbal commands and usually hands hands-on and if they're actively resisting then um, it depends on your agency's policy but it include that could include uh, joint locks nerve stimulations uh, to basically get that person to go um, then if they um, if they are go from active to a you know assaultive then you can include your pepper spray uh, to basically uh, take away the eyes. It's hard to fight without your eyes. Plus there's a pain stimulus there. It, it burns, it hurts. You can use impact weapons like baton. You can also use Uwara or um, the uh, Kubaton to you, uh, do strikes and also nerve stimulations to increase your uh, point of pressure. You can also use your taser uh, in corrections. We have no live firearms in the uh, uh, the jail, unless of course it reaches to a riot. Uh, at that point, then we'd include um, a set or a SWAT team to come in and bring in live live ammunition to actually uh, quail a uh, riot. Situation. I think that's the main difference, isn't it? Yep. Uh, the, the actual firearms. Yep. Uh, because we both have uh, impact style weapons that we can fire from a shoulder uh, mechanism. Yep. So, yeah, that's actually uh, corrections work. We used to have the beanbag round, and they called it the FM, but you were able to do uh, powdered lead or um, uh, OC stimulant from it, but now it's strictly, uh, for Placer County at least, a um, uh, basically a rubber round that you shoot out of, uh, almost looks like a grenade launcher, um, to extend basically the, your baton and hit someone at a distance and get them to comply so you're not having to get uh, close with a person. So. And just to kind of, uh, just to add to that, the weapons that we use are not necessarily... Uh, well, how should I put this? The weapons that we use help us to affect an arrest or help us to uh, make a scene safer for other people. I know the public might say, you know, um, they might think differently, but bottom line is, uh, even up to our, our firearms, you know, all these weapons, um, that's the last, th those are the last resorts. And so um, those weapons are there for us to help us to affect an arrest safely. And um, bottom line, keep everybody safe, including a suspect or suspects.
Yep, they used to uh, talk about a uh, use of force ladder. And the use of force ladder is you have to go through steps until you get to something. Um, but now it's called a uh, use of force continuum. And basically you can reach out to whatever you need to to um, basically subdue uh, subdue somebody. So you know, with the, uh, they used to, used to be the, uh, what was it, now it's reasonable mm-hmm. and necessary force. So, uh, and that's all uh, stemmed off of uh, Graham v. Connor. Okay. And you guys, ex- so you guys explained to me what training you guys have, but are there, is there any training that you feel that you should have or needed? Uh, with, they do a much better job now, um, especially uh, they've more heavily uh, gone with psych um, dealing. It's called um, uh, crisis intervention training. Uh, crisis intervention training, and so they've delved more into that, more so, especially with uh, the population that we have uh, dealing with people with uh, psych issues, and so we've didn't have that before, and now we're learning how to. Um, handle or deal with people that have psych issues Uh, the training was minimal when I first came in and as the years have progressed uh, they've added more and more training uh, to help with their jobs so I think it it deals uh, a lot less hands-on than it used to be Uh, just to again just to kind of uh, top off what Mr. Turner said the um, just drew a blank <laughs> uh, oh the training um, I I think training to have a, a cadet or someone going through the academy I think to have actual hours maybe not not necessarily uh, as the contact officer but to have them out there exposed before they actually graduate the the academy because the academy is a nice fundamental base it kind of gives them an idea of what to expect, but it's a very small idea. I, I really believe that uh, those who start off as, as cadets with a law enforcement agency, uh, explorers is another term that's commonly used, but those individuals uh, who get to shadow an officer or a deputy, I, I think that they have a, 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 uh, a bigger leg up, uh, a better understanding of what fundamentally happens out there because uh, it, it it's all calm and then for you know all of a sudden something out of the blue pops off or you're responding to an emergency it might be you know it might be a 30 minute rush you know things are happening so fast you know and if many officers that I've seen were not when they came into recruit training they were not uh, they weren't able to deal with that it happens so fast and they and they perform poorly uh, on their reviews so in terms of being successful I, I think that officers cadets should be exposed to uh, to more field training prior to graduating the Academy and what kind of field training do they experience I, I think just merely shadowing uh, volunteers or cadets explorers that are able to go out with officers that are able to write citations and ex- learn to explain citations to the general public to have that public contact I think that's important obviously with the training officer you know the training officer would um, 
would kind of uh, manage the situation, but that kind of exposure is is by far, by leaps and bounds, the best, I, I think, experience uh, in this kind of uh, job uh, topples anything else. I, I think to have that experience and along with the, uh, the, the books uh, is important. So, Turner, do correctional officers, before they're put into a job, do they have any field experience? No, we have people that uh, basically, like, all you need is a uh, high school diploma and be 18, have a good background, and then you got the job. And so um, you get the training on job, you know, as you're doing the job. And then typically after you've been doing the job for a year, then they actually send you through a uh, correctional officer academy um, through one of the junior colleges where you discuss anything from uh, one post defense, impact weapons, report writing, uh, Title 15, which is uh, what inmates are supposed to be afforded to for their rights. But for the majority, you're getting uh, its on-job training. You're learning as you go. So uh, anybody can do it um, as long as they have the right personality and uh, they carry themselves well. Okay. Confidence, I would say, is 80% of the game in, in this kind of job. Um, just being able to be assertive and, and again, how uh, Mr. Turner explained uh, how to be assertive and carry yourself. Yeah, it's like walking in the safari. Um, you know, if you don't pay attention to that lion stalking you, uh, it's going to get you. But if you know it's uh, know your surroundings and you give it that nice stare, it realizes it's not you're not a prey. It's it's got to watch out for you. You got to stand tall. And moving over. What is it, or what was it like to be a correctional officer or a police officer? Well, I got 11 years until I can say, what was it like? What is uh, it like? Because <laughs> then I'll finally be able to retire. Um, yeah, it's For me, it's big on uh, teamwork, camaraderie, um, the morale, and working with... Um, it's it's a family. Uh, you're like me. You're working with people uh, 12 hours at a time, and they become like brothers and sisters. You love some, you hate some, but in the end, you're going to come to their aid. And you, the number one priority, it doesn't matter whether you're patrol or corrections, is you want to go home safe. You want everyone to go home safe. And so, especially being a uh, basically a jail SWAT guy, is when we go in on any tactical. Um, insertion on you know grabbing someone from a cell is my main priority is make sure everyone's safe uh, through that and that we can get home uh, it just it, it, it hurts me when I see other people hurt and uh, we all got you know most of us have families and, and uh, we just want to basically survive this and get through it and take care of our families on the outside too so um, yeah so that's yeah that's what it is to me I couldn't have said it any better. I, I submit to what Mr. Turner said. Bottom line is, get home safe. Get home to your family. Uh, next day, same thing. We all understand that there's a um, there's occupational hazards, you know, but um, but that is our goal. So, while working, there are many misconceptions about your jobs. Do you, what are some misconceptions that? you guys have 
I, I mentioned it before. I'm just going to just throw this out there. I did not become a cop and all of a sudden liked donuts. I was crazy over donuts before I ever became a cop. The white frosting with the sprinkles on top, those are my favorite. Um, you know, that the, the officers, police officers have a quota for tickets that they must write. Uh, they do not have a quota. However, I will tell you that a watch commander might come over and have a conversation with you because there's lots of traffic violations that are happening. If you're not writing tickets, you're obviously not doing your job. Um, he doesn't say you must write, but bottom line is you, you need to be able to support. You, you need to show something for your work. Um, and so they, they keep track, you know, they keep track of statistics. Uh, again, it's just another way of them policing us and being able to, uh, accountability, uh, rather, not policing, but accountability. And so they're, they're able to see if we're doing our job, we're producing. You know, if I was a, uh, if I was working in a factory, they would be counting, uh, what, it, you know, the items, units of what I was, uh, putting together. Uh, as a police officer, it's obviously different. Yeah, and the, for like corrections, you know, you see the cartoons or you see the movies, and it's about the the big bruiser, you know, and uh, bald headed, carrying a big stick, and uh, whopping people with it. And uh, so, but you know, really, it is. It's like I said, uh, anybody can do it as long as they have the confidence. And we're just normal day people, like anybody else. Um, it's almost uh, your your mom, your dad, and you're coming in here and you're watching the kids and make sure that they follow the rules and holding them accountable and being firm, fair, and consistent. And, uh, you know, I, I always tell the inmates, I said, when I'm off the clock, I'm just like anybody else. I'm no different. I said, I go home and I'm just like anybody else that's not in here. So, uh, yeah, so that's... You know, we got big, big people, small people, short, you know, we got everything. So, normal day people. And finally, what are some um, things that you wish people knew about your jobs? Uh, I would, I would uh, stipulate that the one thing that I, I wish people could grasp or understand is a concept that they could grasp or understand is that correctional officers, police officers, law enforcement officers, they they have they, they're put in positions where they have to make split second judgment calls. And yeah, I know um, you know you hear it in the media that somebody was shot or this and that. But the bottom line is you really don't know if you weren't there. And people could woulda, shoulda, coulda, or, or they overthink it. But the bottom line is, going back to that concept that Mr. Turner and I uh, were very firm on, that we want to get home and we want to make sure that everybody on our shift gets home safely. Um, there are things that happen, and we can't always tell. Uh, you know, whether somebody has a weapon, whether they're pretending they're they're holding a weapon, um, you know, that kind of thing. You, you don't know. And uh, you're put in a position where, you know, you have to make that decision instantly and you have to make a choice. 
So I, I wish people would understand and be a little bit more compassionate in that respect. Yeah, and that's and it's both for patrol and for corrections. Is uh, we see the worst of the worst uh, in people and society, and we don't see them at their their best. We, uh, we see people when they're down, when they've been using, when they've stolen from others, and we have to deal with the worst of the worst and um, almost shield the normal day people from. Uh, the bad, you know, they talk about uh, the sheep and uh, the wolf and the, uh, the sheepdog. And, uh, you know, we, you know, we're the sheepdogs and sort of, you know, looking after um, everybody else, the normal day people, and keeping the, the wolves at bay. And so, you know, it's, uh, you know, they're not, you know, they're at a bad stage in their life. Um, they've made poor decisions, and especially for corrections, you know, um, we see them uh, sometimes uh, transformation, you know, and uh, they become, they're not the same people they were when they first came in, and you, you, you have an idea, or you, you can tell certain individuals, this is going to be the first time, you know, they'll, they'll come in, they learn, and they'll never be back, but then you'll see those people come in, and t- you know, time and time again, and, uh, you know, it's, you're almost there picking them up uh, and taking care of them and getting back to normal. So, uh, it's, yeah, and like Jay was saying, you know, they, you know, which you can't, until you're there, you know, uh, you don't, you don't really know until you've been hands-on or you've been assaulted um, and had to deal with it in a calm manner and not, uh, overreact or be vindictive. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's that's a tough one uh, for a lot of people not to have that emotional response. You know, the people we're dealing with are either in crisis uh, or, or like Mr. Turner explained that you know they're just having issues and, uh, and that that's a thing uh, to be able to carry yourself and not have emotional responses to what they do. Uh, it's not it's not personal. They're more than likely, uh, if you're there and dealing with someone, it's the uniform that they're fighting, not necessarily you. And you, you know, you have to be able to wrap your head around that. So. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Yep. <laughs> thank Tom Turner and Jay Barrios for the tour and participating in the interview with me. I would also like to thank them for the information and the experiences they told me about.